Amen. Thanks, Matt. I hope these words, I hope those words that you sang are true this morning. And even if you have to tell your heart that these are true, allow God to do that through the work of the Holy Spirit. And then again in God's Word, as we now go to John chapter 8, we continue our series uh, leading up to Easter Uh, In this I Am series, these seven I Am statements from the Gospel of John leading to uh, where Jesus says in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. This morning we're in John chapter 8 where Jesus uh, declares that he is, that God is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Let's go there. John chapter 8. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself. And the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where's your father? Jesus answered, you know know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. Just as a reminder, as we walk through these series, if this is the first time you are here, I don't want to mistake the importance of the I am. Even though we're going to be dealing with the metaphors that Jesus declares after the I am statement, I make no reservations as to say why Jesus makes the metaphor, but why he declares the I am statement. In Exodus chapter 3, on Mount Horeb, or some say Mount Sinai, both of them probably the same, Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of our fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what's his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. This is the first time in Scripture, where the word Yahweh is proclaimed by God. That is the personal, saving Lord. And so when Jesus declares, I am, 
throughout these seven statements, he is declaring that God in the flesh is here. He is proclaiming his deity. Now, how do we know that? Well, in John chapter 8, Jesus declares the I am statement again. I'm not going to go through this part, but I just want to make sure you understand. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, that's an important distinction. Again, Jesus is declaring his deity. And what did the Pharisees, knowing what Jesus was declaring, do? Well, it says they picked up stones to throw at him. Now, these weren't pebbles. These were meant to kill him because he was declaring he is God in the flesh. So each of these seven metaphors after the I am statements is the topic of this series. In John chapter 8, Jesus is involved. It actually starts in chapter 7. Jesus is involved in one of three festivals that all Jews participated in. And what I mean by participated in is these were the festivals that the Jews were supposed to go to Jerusalem. There were three of them. The Feast of Tabernacles or Feast of Booths, Passover, and Pentecost. Those three festivals, you would have thousands upon thousands of Jews traveling to Jerusalem to the temple. To celebrate the feast. The Feast of Tabernacles or Booths was just about to end when we come to chapter 8. And as the, as the festival is coming to an end, this is where Jesus starts in verse 12 and he says, I am the light of the world. So, during this festival, all native Israelites would dwell in these booths or tents. Hence the Feast of Tabernacles or Feast of Booths. All of them were meant to stay in these booths to represent uh, to God and to everyone that God provides while they were in the wilderness. That while they were traveling from place to place, pitching their tents, that God would always be with them. It was a constant reminder to them. But it was also a reminder to the Jews, not only of what happened in Exodus, but also it was to point to the Messiah that would come. It was to remind them of the bondage that they had with Egypt and how God delivered them, and that that God would also deliver them from the bondage of sin through the Messiah. And that's where we begin. It started in chapter 7, but we read that Jesus is now in the temple. And verse 20 says, these words he spoke, meaning I am the light of the life, were spoke in the treasury. Now where's the treasury? Those of us that have never been to the temple, which it's not around anymore, it someday will be put back in place, but this gives you a little idea of what the temple looked like in Jerusalem, that thousands of people would be gathering for this Feast of Tabernacles. 
What we see here is the court of Gentiles. That is in green. That is the area where if you weren't Jews, you could go to the temple and worship the God of Israel, but you could not come into the, the innermost part of the temple. Then you had the, the, the court of women or the women's court. Now that is where Jesus, that's in pink or purple, that is where the treasury was located. That's where Jesus would have said this very statement. Um, hence, where he is in the treasury. Um, just look at another picture. Go to the next picture. This gives you kind of an idea of what the temple would look like. And this is where Jesus is speaking. This is where this feast would be taking place. And so this morning, actually, I just want to draw out a couple questions that we need to answer, or that I hope to answer. The first question is, why the light of the world? Why does Jesus declare himself as light, specifically in this Feast of Tabernacles? Is there a correlation? And I believe that Jesus, of course, knew there was, and there is. The first thing that I want you to see is, why does Jesus say he's the light of the world? Well, number one, because Jesus is the Messiah that they were waiting for. Remember, the Feast of Tabernacles was not only a look back to God delivering the Israelites from bondage of Egypt, but it was also a picture of the Messiah who would come and deliver them from the bondage of sin. And so when Jesus declares he is the light, he is saying he is the Messiah. How so? D.A. Carson, in his commentary, commentary of this passage, he said, Jesus knew exactly what he was doing and when he was doing it. During the Feast of Tabernacles, there was a great ceremony called the Illumination of the Temple which involved a ritual lighting of the golden oil-fed lamps. They were 75 feet high that surrounded the temple. These lamps were huge menorahs, and they lighted the temple at night. And it was to remind them of the pillar of fire that guided Israel in the wilderness while they were pitching their booths. All night long, these menorahs, these huge lamps, would shine throughout all of Jerusalem. And it would illuminate the entire city. So, in celebration and anticipation of this holy time, all of the men of Israel would dance. Yes, you had to dance. All you guys that go to dances and you watch people dance, you could not be those guys. You have to dance. And they would dance around and they would sing psalms of joy, psalms of praise that God delivers them in the darkness. This festival was a reminder that God promised he would send a light that light to a sinned, darkened world, 
God is promising that he will send his Messiah to renew Israel to glory and release all from the bondage of sin. So, you can only imagine that you're in ancient Jerusalem and the Feast of Tabernacles and you're visualizing these huge lamps that are lighting the whole temple at night. Everyone's singing. Everyone's dancing. And now I want you to imagine Jesus because it's the, 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 the passage in John 7 and 8 says this is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And so what they would typically do on the last night is for the first day they would light those lamps and they would last the whole week. But at the end of the night on the last day, the people, uh, the, the, the Israelites would, would go up the, the steps and they would put the lights out. And they would do it again next year. And so visualize, they're putting that light out. They're putting those lights out. And it's starting to get dark. And then you hear a voice. And Jesus announces, I am the light of the world. Show the picture of the lights in the temple. This is a a, a symbol of what they say it would look like at night. Everyone whether you were Jew or not, would see the bright and shining lights of this Feast of Tabernacles. Everyone would marvel at what the Jews were doing. But consider that these lights would go out, and that's when Jesus declares that he's the light. What is he saying? Well, Isaiah would say this. Look at Isaiah chapter 42. The prophet says, Uh, In 42, verses 6 and 7, he says, I am the Lord. This is what God says. I am the Lord. I have called you into righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. What, What is Jesus declaring by saying he's the light of the world? He is declaring the fulfillment of Isaiah 42, that he's the light. He's going to open the eyes of the blind to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon. That's sin. From the prison of those who sit in darkness. Jesus was declaring he's the Messiah. That's why he declares he's the light. He would read this very uh, text In in Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus reading this very text. He says, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And and as it was a custom on the synagogue of the Sabbath day, he stood up to read. Listen to this. He unrolled the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, which was prophesying about the Messiah. It was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found a place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set liberty to those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on Jesus. Why? Because what is he going to say about that passage which declares about the Messiah? The Messiah who would bring light. Jesus says today, this scripture has been been fulfilled in your hearing. John's gospel says the Messiah is the incarnate word. That he lifts or brings light to everyone who believes. John chapter 1 verse 4 he says the word Jesus gave life to everyone. To everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Jesus isn't just a light amongst many lights. What Jesus is declaring is he is the light. He's the true light. John chapter 1 says this. He says the one who is the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into this world. The very Feast of Tabernacles is a reminder of the very presence of God with His people. He promised, God said, that He would protect and He would love His people. That's what they were celebrating. Exodus chapter 13, just to give you a little picture of why they celebrated this Feast of Tabernacles. And the Lord went before them day by day in a pillar of cloud that led them along the way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light. The pillar of fire by night did not depart before the people. The people of Israel continued to celebrate God's presence and provision. And what Jesus is declaring by saying, I am the light, is that the provision and protection is here. You no longer have to wait. Jesus is the light. The Israelites were trained to sing. Remember I said they sang and danced. Here's what they sang. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Isaiah tells us again that the Messiah was appointed to be the light to the Gentiles. Not just the Jews. That's to us. That's to me. Isaiah 49.6 says, You will do more than restore the people of Israel. This is what the Messiah will do. More than just Israel. I will make you a light to the Gentiles. And we should all say amen. You will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Why the light? Because Jesus is declaring he is the Messiah. The religious leaders could not believe this. They can't believe what Jesus is saying. And Jesus makes it very clear that he knows why he came. He can make claims about God because He is God. Jesus can make statements and judgments because He is God. 
The Pharisees can't do that. And neither can we. They were biased. And they were limited. Because they were in the flesh. Jesus declares throughout this passage. He does have a witness by the way. And it is the Father in heaven. And this confused them even more. Verse 19 says, where's your father? I don't get this. They were thinking of the human father. Their ignorance they had towards Jesus showed their ignorance that they had for God himself. So why the light of the world? Because Jesus is God and he is declaring he is the Messiah come to save sinners. So what's the second thing? Not only is he declaring he's the Messiah, he is the fulfillment of the very prophecies in the Old Testament of the Messiah. But why the light? Because light is ex exposes our darkness. In other words, we have a need for a Savior. Again, if you read God's Word, you will consistently see that light has, the means for light is to expose our sin. So for example, in John chapter 3, it says this, this is the judgment, that light has come into the world. And people loved the darkness rather than the light. Because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out by God. The light, the Messiah, he has come to expose our darkness, which is our sin. To understand why Jesus came, you have to realize how much we sin and what our sin does. The scripture makes it clear. Our sin is darkness. In other words, our sin is rebellion against God. It's telling God, you know better than him. It is missing all of the good that God has given and saying, you know better. Sin is the enemy. And Jesus came to expose the darkness. I love what Romans chapter 3 verses 19 and 20 says. Just to highlight this understanding of exposure to our darkness Paul writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So that every mouth may be stopped. And the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Why do I bring that up? Because here's the thing. What Jesus does is he exposes us. He shines a light into our lives, and it should cause every single one of us to say, I am a sinner before a holy God. 
And so what the Pharisees would do is say, no, 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 wait a second. I have a little bit of light in me. How? Well, because I keep the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses on the same mountain, Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai. And if I keep all those Ten Commandments, then, then I'm good enough to get to heaven. Of course God would want me. I have a little bit of light. And what Paul's saying is, the Messiah has come to show you, you are living in utter darkness. That the Ten Commandments were given not to show you a list of ten things that you can do to show your light, but to expose the fact that you are in darkness and you need the light. For most of my life I grew up in a church that taught keep the Ten Commandments and you get to go to heaven. And guess what? After I began to realize the importance of that that theme, in my religious upbringing, once I realized that I had completely buffed that, I figured since Jim Morrison was in hell, I might as well join him and party like there's no other. Why? Because I can't measure up. And it wasn't until someone shared the truth of the gospel to me that I realized that Jesus came for people like me. If you're here today and you think you bring something to the table other than your sin, you are still in darkness. Because you have not humbled yourself to realize your need for the light. God gave us the very laws in the scriptures to declare our need for a savior. To make light of our sin? To think it's no big deal? Is to make the light of Jesus of no effect. Think about that. Think about how much we minimize our sin on a daily basis. Jesus aims to expose the darkness. Expose the enemy. My question is, is sin our enemy? It's the reason Jesus came. So how should we respond? The the, the Bible makes it clear. Jesus is declaring, I'm the light. I'm the Messiah and I'm exposing everyone who would declare they are a sinner in need of forgiveness. So how should I respond? Well, it's clear. The first thing you must do is trust the light. If Jesus is the Messiah, which he is declaring by saying he's the, he is the light, if he says he is the Messiah, will you trust him? Don't take my word for it. There are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that declare what the Messiah will do. And Jesus fulfilled all of them. It is not a matter of whether you can't believe in Jesus. It's that you won't. How should you respond to the light? 
trust the light. To trust him means to trust Jesus alone. That he is the light. Not one of many lights, but the only light of salvation. Not Jesus plus your good works, your church attendance, your Christian parents. No, Jesus alone saves you. Again, Psalm 27, verse 1. This is what they would declare during the Feast of Tabernacles. The Lord is my light. Can you declare that? I remember on November 2nd, 2001, 2001, I've declared it many times, but I rejoice every time I think about that day when God revealed the truth of His Word and my need To be saved from all of my sins. My past, my present, and my future sins. That I got on my knees on the middle of my living room floor. And asked Jesus to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that he died and he rose from the dead. To give me victory over my greatest of enemies sin some of you here are still in darkness because you don't accept your sin as darkness and that separated you from a holy God you're trying to be your own light but you're still in darkness Would you let Jesus shine on your sin? Would you acknowledge that your sin of unbelief is the greatest of sins that needs to be forgiven today? Would you acknowledge that you're in the dark and you want Jesus to shine light in your life? What should you do? How should you respond to the light? You trust the light. But that's for those who don't know Christ. What about those of us who do know Christ? And I would say hopefully the majority of people here. Well, our response should be to walk in the light. To the follower of Jesus Christ here today, walk in the light. Jesus exposed our darkness of unbelief, our sin of unbelief, but he is continually shining light in our sin. Or are you? Are you letting him expose your sin? Listen to how John writes in his letter in 1 John. He says, this is the message we've heard from him, from Jesus, and we proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not practice the truth. 
But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we, and I say we, I say to anybody who is proclaiming that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, then two things should happen if you're walking in the light. Number one, you have a sense now of direction for your life. What do I mean by that? Well, listen to what Psalm 119 verse 105 says. It says, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. What does that mean? Well, God has given us, if we have trusted him at his word, he has given us his word to continue to light our paths. To know what to do. When we follow Jesus, we may not have all the answers, but things start to make sense, little by little. Because we read God's word, we've trusted the light, and God has continued to speak into our lives. God's word begins to put light into our lives. It begins to show us the path that we're on. You start to see things differently. Your work, differently. Your job, differently. Your relationships, differently. Your friends, differently. How so? Because all of it is meant to point you to Christ. Every person in your life is an opportunity for them to make you look more like Jesus. Do you realize that? That's what Jesus is trying to do in our lives. And that's what it means to walk in light. I remember early on when Jesus saved me after November 2nd, 2001. I had done lots of bad things. Lots of terrible examples. Getting drunk after work, going to strip joints with guys. I mean, I did tons of bad things. And all of a sudden now, I'm a believer in Christ. So what do I do? I mean, I'm just waiting for people to just... Because all of a sudden, man, I'm wanting to follow Jesus. And so you know what I did? I, I, I gave a letter to every person in my office and I said, hey, I'm going to do a potluck out into the, in the middle of the atrium. And in that potluck, I want everyone to bring food and I want to share my testimony. I remember I was just like so scared, but I just wanted everyone to know that Jesus saved me from my sin. And so I declared it. I was just like, listen, I know I used to do this. I know I used to do this, but Jesus has changed my life. And of course, everyone just was like, yay. No, they weren't. I remember two guys that I used to go with. They're like, they came up to me and like, you think you're better than us? And I'm like, no. No, 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 no. That's not the reason I did this. I just want you to know I have something better now. See, Jesus gave me a new perspective because I was walking in the light. Does it mean I didn't still sin? Absolutely I did. But because I saw things differently, I wanted to live for Christ. 
One of the things we know when we, when we walk in the light is God begins to give us a new sense of direction for our life. Father, uh, follower of Christ, if you have trusted the light, then trust Him and His words to guide your path. What else walking in the light means? It, it means letting God into each room of your house. What do I mean by that? Well, look at the passage again. There's this idea of ifs and buts. Like, you have this choice. You you say you believe in the light. You've trusted the Messiah. He has exposed your darkness of sin, and you believe in Him. And yet, this passage says there's an if. If. If we say. If we walk. If we say we have no sins. If we confess. The question you have to ask yourself, is God in every aspect of your life? Do you let him in? Do you let him shine his light in every aspect of your life? That's what walking in the light is. A follower of Jesus Christ wants the light on. That means transparency. We don't have to hide anymore. And some of you are just strapped with such guilt and such shame as a believer because you think no one would sin like you if they were really a Christian. That is a lie from Satan. Let Jesus shine his light on that sin. Be transparent and confess it and repent. Jesus didn't shine his light in your life so that you can be the light. We are a reflection of the light. We still point people to him, not to ourselves. A follower of Jesus wants the light on. You know, I always wondered, now I think back late now, why are all of the bars that I went to and the strip joints in the dark? I think partly because we want things hidden. And we can't see each other. Do you want God to shine his light on you? Can he shine in every aspect of your life? Exposing sin so that you can confess, so that you can repent so that you can enjoy the light. How about watching scary movies? Why do we like watching scary movies in the dark? Try, try watching a scary movie at 10 a.m. It's not very scary, is it? Light makes us feel safer. Christ follower, We must, we must want to live with the light on. Always. Because it's better. Quit hiding in the dark. Trust the light and walk in the light. Let's pray. Gracious and heavenly Father, I thank you.
or you remind us once again of who you are and why we need you so much. And Lord, I pray two things. Number one, for the person here that doesn't know you, that continues to play games with religion, and yet are still trusting in themselves for their salvation. Lord, I pray that this message would break them. That they would see their need to have the light of you, Jesus, shine in their darkness. And that they would be saved. They would be rescued by your work on the cross and resurrection. And then, Lord, I do pray for those of us who do know you, that we would want to, that we would need to live with the light on. To walk in the light. For closer fellowship with you and to be a reflection of the great light to all the people that we love and desire to know you. Jesus, we thank you.